Welcome back to Amerisogyny. I'm your host, Hannah Blue. This is episode nine. Today's topic is He Loves Me Not, discussing intimate partner violence with male aggressors. No matter how badly some men treat their partners, battered women are often the first to see the good in them, the first to make excuses for them. Not only do they make excuses for the abuser, they overanalyze and inflate his good side after the abusive stage dies down. Once she's done that, she needs to get others, even strangers, to understand what she has convinced herself of, that he's not really a bad guy. He's not the same as other abusers. He can change, and they can function as a union in whatever capacity, be it co-parenting, or still as a romantic couple. Watching a female they love continue to be abused only to take back the abuser takes a toll on family and friends. No matter what he does, she will find a way to rationalize why he shouldn't be punished and why others need to understand she is the only one who understands him and sees his magical ability to change. When I read a recent story on ex-football player Zach Stacy and the mother of his son, Kristen Evans, I said to myself, oh, she's in the honeymoon stage. Now, I'll get to that in a minute after I address the stages of abuse. You see, I remember when Stacy beat Evans in front of their then five-month-old son. He threw her into a TV and left the state. He was caught eventually, and was on his way to serve his punishment, but she had to intervene. She's now in media saying he deserves a chance to be better. She's using mental health and, of course, their young son to excuse why he should not go to jail and serve time for beating her. Here's the backstory. Stacy pummeled this woman in front of their then five-month-old son, and then threw her into a TV. Now, I know I've already said this, but I really want you to picture this in your head. He left her lying on the floor. He left his infant son in a house with his mother. Didn't know if she was dead or alive. Had she died, what would have happened to the baby? He couldn't call 911. She went through the court system. A warrant was issued for his arrest, and he was arrested a week later at the Orlando International Airport. He was charged with aggravated battery and criminal mischief. He was sentenced to only six months in jail and one year of probation. Now she's saying he shouldn't go to jail. I don't know, Kristen Evans. Never matter. But based on what she said in the past and now, I'm going to give my personal opinion of her. I think she's a manipulator. I think she has control issues. She fully comprehends this man is violent and he's still very much a threat to her and her son. But she still loves him and she believes she can control his behavior by enabling his manipulative tactics. Like, baby, I'm sorry. I'm trying. You know I'm trying so hard to change. I really need to be there for our son. 
Now, if I go to prison, how can I be a father? Ladies, if you're in or ever have been in this position, you know the lies they tell. And she ate it up like a $12.99 Grand Slam breakfast at Denny's. She's buying what he's selling because she wants to. She wants to believe that in time, they can go back to normal. Whatever normal is for her. She's saying she only wants to co-parent. And there are procedures in place for her safety. Like a restraining order. She doesn't feel jail is proper for Stacy. She says mental health treatment. It's better than jail. Here are her words concerning the man who threw her into a TV. People who are willing to put in work to be better deserve an opportunity to show that they can be better. He decided to change. Through cognitive behavioral therapy, he was able to make a significant adjustment in his behavior and communication. And over the last six months, He's consistently shown an improvement, as well as our son enjoying spending time with him. She feels six months in therapy is enough to change a violent man. Mm. Well, why wouldn't the baby enjoy spending time with him? He doesn't know any better. She said people who advocate for harsh sentencing also don't understand the Difficulty that domestic abuse survivors have in trying to balance their safety with what's right for our children. She says, I have to speak to this man and exchange a child and co-parent a child with this man for the rest of my life. She also said she didn't advocate for jail because of the lack of resources, lack of rehabilitation and lack of education for mental health. Let me stop there. Um, they have psychologists and psychiatrists who work for the penal system. Uh-huh. Qualified clinical professionals. If he wants help, he'll get all the help he needs in jail. And she went on to mention the psychological effect it may have on their son because he now has a relationship with his father. This is a baby she's speaking of. This child is too young to understand the impact of who Stacy is right now. Understand this. It's not the baby's psychological effect of Stacy going to jail that's on the line. It's hers. She is using this child as an excuse for him not to reap the consequences of his behavior because she still wants him. She claims she's not being easy on him but trying to protect her son from any more trauma. Were she really interested in protecting the baby from more trauma, she would have asked the judge for a longer sentence because he's going to hit her again and possibly worse. Why do I feel she's a manipulator? Here's what she said at first. He showed no signs of remorse and he ran to another state. So I released the videos so he would get arrested. Meaning, had he stayed and apologized, some of, you know, the song and dance, baby, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean it. Please help me to change. Had he done that, kissed her boo-boos, that tape would have never seen the light of day. But you see, she couldn't control his behavior, his movements. He didn't stay with her and the baby, he didn't think of him either. He left town. 
His thoughts weren't about her. So she used the penal system to teach him a lesson. And now, after she's rallied thousands of people to her side, she wants to kiss and make up with him behind closed doors. She's not fooling me. Like I said, this is why families and friends become very exhausted by her type. And listen, if some folks get defensive and say, well, you don't know how it is. You don't know what I know. I'm not generalizing all victims of domestic violence. There are some women who want to get out. They try to get out and they don't receive half of the help from the justice system she received. Here's my point. Just because a woman is battered, it doesn't mean she can't be manipulative too. If you spend enough time with an abuser, you'll take on some of his traits. Someone out there knows what I'm talking about. Let me give you some reasons why women stay by the abuser. And these three really remind me of her. Number one, they love the person who abuses them and believe they will change. Two, when things are calm, they idolize the abuser. And this is what she's doing in speaking about CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy. He's in therapy. He's working hard to change. No, he's not. He's finessing her because he doesn't want to go to jail. And number three, concerns about legal consequences or financial or material loss, especially if kids are involved. You see, if he goes to jail long term, she loses access to any money he provides. Not only that, she loses access to him. And that's what she doesn't want. It's not about what's best for the baby. It's about what's best for her. Stages of abuse. I'd like to know abuse can occur once or multiple times, and it happens in cycles. The first stage is the tension building stage. Tension builds slowly. You may notice a shift in his mood. He may get very quiet. He may start staring at you or into space. And you may feel as if you're walking on eggshells. Then nitpicking starts. You didn't wash the dishes right. Or he brings up past arguments he hasn't forgiven you for. The victim starts getting needle pricks in her stomach. She knows something is about to happen. And she can't stop it. B. The battering phase. Almost always starts with words. Insulting or harsh. Gaslighting is common until a full-on argument begins and there he goes. Whether it's verbal or physical, he delivers blows. C is the honeymoon phase. After the abuse, he shows remorse on the surface. It's crucial to get her to trust him again and she wants to believe what he says. Sometimes the act starts within 24 hours of the abuse. But you see, that didn't happen with her. He left her on the floor and fled the state, so she sicked the police on him. I guarantee he's beat her before, and she did nothing about it. As he shows the best side of himself, she begins to idolize him and make excuses for him. This is where Evans is right now. She doesn't want Stacy to pay for his actions. She's given plenty of excuses as to why he shouldn't be punished. Her baby will suffer, she says. Kids 
are always a common excuse. But if the abuser cared about his kids, he wouldn't abuse their mother. Remember when I said, after rationalizing, she needs to get others on her side, even strangers. She got on Instagram and said, nothing is black and white and not every abuser is the same. People who are willing to put in work to be better deserve an opportunity to show that they can be better, especially with a diagnosable mental illness and significant head trauma caused by football. The comments under her post were not what she was looking for. He barely gave you a chance to set that baby down before he was abusing you. Your son could have fallen and died. I as an empath, has stayed in abusive relationships for years because of feeling sorry for them. We can't help it. And I do believe in forgiveness, but for us, not them. Yikes. I hope your child makes it out alive. You should give your kid up for adoption. You are very irresponsible and are more interested in protecting your relationship with that monster than protecting your child. When he turns back into that beast, how are you going to protect your child When he has unalived you. I can tell this person uses TikTok because unalived is code for murder on TikTok. But they have a point. Bottom line, you can fool yourself better than other people. A man who has demonstrated the level of violence as Stacy has isn't going to change in six months. I believe in therapy. However, I do not believe all people are able to be helped. They have to want to change. They have to see their behavior is wrong. Him leaving a woman who carried his child on the floor, battered and bruised. He didn't know if she had internal bleeding, nor did he care. And he didn't care about his baby either. He cared about himself when he fled to Orlando. This isn't a case of me blaming domestic violence victims. This is one woman I'm discussing. I feel she's in too deep to know how a responsible mother should behave in this situation. Her situation reminds me of an old movie I watched, In Too Deep, with Omar Epps and LL Cool J. LL was a ruthless crime lord and Epps was an undercover detective. As Epps spent more time with LL, he developed a mindset that was destructive and went against the oath he swore to uphold as a police officer. He started acting worse than the criminals. It's the same with some domestic violence victims. They start adopting negative traits of the abusers. I think both Evans and Stacy are manipulative and controlling of each other. I also think Evans is trying to control not only what happens to him, but how he's perceived in society. By using their son and his alleged football injury, she's trying to gather people on her side now that she's turned the tables. That's where the manipulation comes in. He doesn't care about that child. And she seems to care more about the destructive relationship than the child's safety. But she can't come out and say that. I agree with the person who says she's irresponsible and thinking more of protecting her relationship than protecting the baby. There's too many women out there who accept the help they receive, who make sacrifices to protect their kids. And sometimes they're killed by men who claim they once loved them, by men who lied. And I'm going to share some of those stories with you right now. Kevin Dixon 
is a cold-blooded coward. On November 19th, around 5.30 p.m., he and his then-girlfriend, India Mackey, had an argument shortly before he pulled out a gun and started loading it in front of her. Here is how calculating and frightening he is. He used a brown paper napkin to wipe his fingerprints from the bullets as he loaded the gun while taunting her, knowing she must have been scared. I don't know if she really believed he'd shoot her, but for her to pull out her phone and start recording, yeah, I think she was scared. I also think she was hoping by recording him, he'd stop. Well, he didn't. He said, you think I'm playing, huh? Hit you with this big 45? Hollow tips? Gonna eat your ass up. He also asked, what are you recording for? Then he shot her. Killed her. One day after her birthday. He was pulled over driving like a maniac with India dead in the passenger seat. He lied and said she shot herself. Now he was so damn cold, he FaceTimed India's mother, called her ma, and told her her daughter was dead. Then he called an acquaintance of India's, lied, and said she was playing with a gun and it went off, and he told her to stop playing. He also used India's phone to call his mother after he killed her and told her to retrieve the gun he used and hide it. His mother was arrested too. Rightfully so. Had she raised him right, India would still be alive. Had she not tried to help her murdering son, she wouldn't have been arrested. My second story is out of New Orleans, Louisiana. On February 15th, 2016, Anthony Jones, who was 48 at the time, stabbed 36-year-old Renata Vaughn with a screwdriver in front of her two children. Jones just popped up at her house and committed an act of violence against her in front of her children. Just like Zach, Stacy. These types do not care about inflicting pain and trauma on women in front of children. And six months of therapy doesn't change that type of mindset. The last story I have comes from British Columbia, Canada. In 2020, Jennifer Quesnell, who was 41, was killed by her husband, 48-year-old John Quesnell, before he killed himself. The Quesnells had been married for 18 years before she became tired of his abusive and controlling ways. According to her family, it was the happiest she had ever been being away from him. Jennifer wanted to pick up some belongings from the family home. She thought he would be gone, but he wasn't. He was parked out of her view, waiting for her with a gun. Surprising her, he shot her twice before shooting himself. According to her family, he couldn't stand to see her happy. And if he couldn't be happy, neither could she. How many of you ladies know men like this? The family says it was a selfish act by a coward and a bully and committed in the most cruel and premeditated way. The family said, We're so thankful that she had time away from him to realize what life could be like and to see her that happy. Domestic violence is a very sensitive topic. The material I cover isn't easy, yet it's crucial to understanding how detrimental it is to a woman's mental health. If you are in this situation, 
or know someone who's in this situation. Ask for help or be someone's help. We need to do everything we can to save lives everywhere. And I'm out of time. If you received something that helped you from this episode, follow me on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening from, and please share it with others. I'll post a new episode or two every Friday. Thank you for listening. I truly appreciate the support. Be easy, have a good weekend, and God bless.